Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. We're so glad that you are all here today. We understand that the bad weather is imminent. I hope we get all 11 feet of it. Somebody told me, they said, well, there's 11 inches. I said, I'll settle for 11 inches. But when it becomes March 1st, there is a no in snow. And then I'll be ready for sunshine and spring flowers and all the good stuff. We can return to our seats. Let's remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. I want to teach for a few minutes that I'll preach and we pray that God will respond to the word of the Lord today as you respond to the word of the Lord today and there's nothing like being in the house of God when the presence of God is in the house otherwise it's nothing but brick and mortar and I've been to churches where I've felt nothing I have and uh God doesn't come because he likes the building. He comes because of the people that are in it who are hungry for him. I want you all to help me pray for something. As you turn to Genesis 1-1, and if you don't know where that is, that is page 1. I, uh, I want you to pray with me about something. I have learned in my 43 years of life that wherever your focus is is where your hunger will be. And whatever you're hungry for is where you will succeed whether it's a hobby, young and which we're fasting right now, and fasting video games and media for till this coming Saturday night. And uh, uh, it sets our minds and our emotions free. And then if you're wise, you will incrementally bring it back in. It's like being on an extended fast. The worst thing you do is eat a big meal after an extended fast. It tastes good, it feels bad. Same way with media. You divulge back in the media, you're going to enjoy it for a minute, then you're going to be uh, um, troubled. And um, But I, I pray, and I'm asking you to pray, that we would find where our hunger should really be. John Wesley was hungry for revival, and he saw it. Early days of the 1900s, people were hungry for a move of God, and they saw it. From Azusa Street to Topeka, Kansas, Topeka, Kansas, to Azusa Street, and on and on. People became more hungry for what God could do than they were daily life. And what happened? It changed the world. Great revival broke out in our country. It was so powerful. It swept from Los Angeles all the way up in British Columbia, come all across the country. Pentecostal fires began to burn. I'm going to teach about it today. It was so powerful. It jumped the Atlantic Ocean and landed in Welch, uh, England, and uh, when it when it landed when it landed there, there were a hundred thousand people filled with the Holy Ghost there, and in Wales, not Welsh, but in Wales, England, and God did a mighty work, and it's still burning today. Amen. I want to keep it burning, don't you? The move of God, the move of the Spirit. Everybody say we need a move of God. I feel it right now in my soul. Brother Gene, I feel exactly what you were feeling. The move of God. And uh, Genesis 1 and 1, and to all of those that are watching by 
online today and could not be here with a sickness or out of town. And uh, we, we welcome you to our service today. We pray that the Lord blesses you at home or wherever you are as God touches you. And I realize people are watching from around the world. We pray that God ministers to you right where you are. Amen. That you can feel what we are so thankful to feel inside this building. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, what did it do? Moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And um, I'd like to preach to you from this portion of Scripture as it carries meaning all the way through the Bible about a move of God. That is a terminology we hear. Maybe people that are new in the church, not used to Christianity or a spirit-filled church, maybe haven't heard, but I'd like to teach you today and preach to you about a move of God. Everybody say, we need a move of God. Amen. Clap your hands before you see it. Thank God for his word. Come on. Praise him. Praise him with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Hallelujah. We feel you and we honor you and admire you today, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Turn to two or three people and say, we need a move of God. Amen. We need a move of God. Amen. God bless you as you're seated today. You know, uh, you know, I think sometimes in church that we that have been in church for many years, I've grown up in this, and so there's, there's casual things that we say in church lingo that maybe a new person doesn't get. When you look at somebody and say, man, God moved tonight. And maybe the guest would say, where did he move to? We had a breakthrough. What did we break through? Or if you look at somebody, if an elder ever says, you need to pray through, that's a rebuke. Just letting you know. And uh, you need to pray through. Then a guest might be, or a new person in church may be saying, what do I need to pray through? And uh, sometimes our terminologies, we don't understand. Sort of like the boy, a young boy sitting in church with his grandpa and he looked out the window of the church and he saw the graveyard beside the church. How many ever seen a church that had a graveyard around it? And he asked his grandpa, he said, uh, uh, who do they bury out in the graves out, outside the church? And he said, he said, the people that are buried here were people that died in service. And the young boy said, was that AM or PM? Sometimes we talk about church service, you know. He didn't understand military service. But sometimes our terminologies we don't understand. And we can be so casual with it when someone doesn't really understand what we're talking about. But what I'm talking to you today is about a move of God. Where is God? He is omnipotent, which means that he is everywhere. He's I mean, he's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time. Omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, he's all-knowing. You can't go somewhere where God is not. But you can go somewhere where God is not moving. And to understand God, you've got to understand that uh, Peter said in, in his writings, and, and he said that we see him who is invisible. And uh, we understand that God is invisible and that he was made manifest or made visible when we see him as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
and the Bible says that God was manifest in the flesh. That means invisible was made visible. I mean, know that. Jesus went as far as to say in John 14 to 6, I mean, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And a few verses later, Philip said to him, show us the Father and it will please us. It will satisfy us or suffice us, the King James Version says. And Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Amen. And so when you begin to look into the face of Jesus Christ, you're looking to the face of God. And that is why Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Because in the Old Testament, we see him as the father of creation. We see him in the gospels as the son in redemption. And we now know him as the Holy Ghost in the church. And everybody shout the presence of God. And so to understand God is to understand that he is invisible, but we believe in a God who is invisible. Maybe the atheist would say to you who do not believe, would say to you, how do you believe in a God that you have not seen? And I would respond to the atheist and say, how do you believe in a wind that you have not seen? Because no one in this room has ever seen the wind, but everybody in this room believes in the wind. How is that? Jesus said in John, John chapter three, he said, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is every one of the spirit. Now, I quote that from King James Version in John chapter three, verse eight. But let me just word it this way. The wind blows where it wants to. You hear the sound of it. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going, but you know it was there. How do you know the wind was there? You can feel it. Amen. And I'm gonna tell you, when God starts moving, you're gonna feel him move in the building. You will know that he has moved. Praise God. Amen. They tell me the winds can get up. I know right now it's snowing in North Carolina. I saw it this morning. That this morning, the winds are blowing 35 to 40 miles per hour with a lot of snow. You could feel that the wind is blowing. Never say, oh, but pastor, I've seen the wind. I've seen it. Well, when did you see it? Oh, I saw, I saw, the, I saw the palm tree bending over. Well, that wasn't the wind you're seeing. That's the effect of the wind. And when the wind starts blowing, you're gonna see the wind do some things. Can I say you can't see God, but you can feel him when he's moving and you will see him make a difference in people's lives when he moves through their life. Lives will be changed. People will, amen. There's a response in this building tonight because we feel the presence of God. Somebody say amen. And to weigh, and uh, there's three ways that you know that the wind exists. And number one, you can feel it. Number two, you can hear it. Number three, you can see the effects of it. You can feel God, you can see the effects of God, and you can also hear his voice because God is still speaking. Can you say amen? When there's a move of God, something always happens. There is an intent of his moving. So when the earth, in, in Genesis 1, when the Bible says that the earth was without form and void and the darkness was up on the face of the deep, what you'll learn at that moment, everybody hold the earth in your hand. He's got the whole world. We used to sing that in Sunday school, didn't we? But you hold that earth just for a moment. At the moment of the, con of the setting of the verse I read, there's not a moon, there's not a star, there's not a galaxy. There's an earth without form, it's void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. You, you can put your hands down. There's not a sun by day, there's not a moon by night. There's not a, one field with flowers, there's not one snow-capped mountain, there's not one dog, there's not one human. 
There's not a baby that's crying. Brother Gio and Sister Rachel that have that beautiful baby with them now. Aren't we thankful for the baby that was born healthy? Amen. Our music director, one of our ministers. Praise God. I believe it's Gianna, isn't it? Gianna Joy and uh, seven pounds and nine ounces, I think. I have that right, something of that nature. There was no babies crying. There's no kids playing ball. There's, there's nothing at that moment. It's just an earth. It has no form, void, and darkness. The first time we see that God moved was upon something that was not complete, something that was empty, something that was dark. If you would have looked at the earth as somehow you could peer through the darkness of space and could have seen the earth, uh, you probably wouldn't have seen the blue because there had been no reflection of light. But what would have been somehow would have just been pitch black with an earth covered in water and under it would have been dirt. Somehow in that, though, as Isaiah records multiple times, if you want to start reading the chapter 41, 42, all the way through 46, you'll find verses like this. He said, I created the heaven and earth alone. I created this all by myself. I looked beside me and there was not another. It goes on in Isaiah and he says it this way. It declares him and he says this. He declares the end from the beginning. The powerful thing about this moment is what was recorded as void, empty, dark, with no order. When he saw that mud pit we call the earth, he could see flowers blooming. He could see babies crying. He could see boy meets girl and girl meets boy and they fall in love and have a family. He could see family gatherings. He could see church services. He could see snow-capped mountains and and waterfalls and luscious green fields with animals and giraffes and, 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 and lions and, and elephants and whatever your favorite animal is here today. He could see it in the darkness of the deep waters. And so what did he do? He moved. And he moved, and the Bible says, the Spirit of God or the breath of God that from within God he puts out of him into that place, amen, the moving of his spirit. Anytime you breathe, there's a wind that goes with it and the breath of God. And when his spirit moved up over the dark earth that we now enjoy and live in, it was always responded. The move of God will always be responded by the word of the Lord. And that's why the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. Could I say to you, anytime you feel God moving, it's because he's gonna take something void and he's gonna fill it up. He's gonna take something dark and he's gonna bring light to it. He's gonna take something that's dysfunctional and he's gonna bring order out of chaos because he never just moves to move. He moves with destiny. He moves with purpose. Can I say if your marriage is in trouble, you need a move of God. If your children are dealing with dysfunction, you need a move of God. If you have some health issues in your body, you can have a move of God and he can do what nobody else can do. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. He's able. Praise the name of the Lord. And I say to you today because in the Old Testament, we see God move in different fashions. We see him move at creation and he moved in different ways to the Old Testament. It did not change in the New Testament. There was still a move of God. When you see Jesus walking, the Bible says he was Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. And when he walked among men, his walking was a movement. When he walked into the house, 
He didn't just go into the house. He went into that house to change that house. When he walked to the leper, into the leper colony, he went to change the leper colony. When he went in Simon Peter's boat, he went to change Simon Peter's life. I'm preaching to you that when you feel God moving in a church service or moving in a city or moving in your altar, it's because he has seen where you are and he also sees where he's gonna take you. I preach to you tonight, he loves you enough not to leave you the way he found you. He's gonna make your life better. He's gonna make your life complete. He's gonna do wondrous things in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. And so in the New Testament, we see the moving of God. Acts chapter two, the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost, verse one, they can put it up here, Acts two and one, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's 50 days after the Passover. This was an already established. This is also considered the Feast of Weeks. 49 days of harvest celebrated on the 50th day. It was from Passover to now, Penta meaning 50, Pentecost, 50 days after, after the uh, uh, Passover. And you'll find that, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they're naming a holiday. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a wind, as of a mighty wind. Oh no, the Bible says a rushing mighty wind. Anytime you find these types of, of adjectives and expressions, not just a wind, but a rushing mighty wind. I'll give an example. For he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all four adjectives to describe. Able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. You know what it is? It's describing the powerfulness of who he is. And what you need to understand, thank God for physicians, thank God for doctors, thank God for lawyers and people that help us, even our own family. But there's some things that man cannot fix that you need a move of God. You need God to step into your world and do what nobody else can do. So when the doctor says, I've done all I can do, guess what, we have a God that can move upon the face of your waters and bring healing to your situation. Somebody say amen. amen. And so there has to be, when you are studying the things of God, when you are studying a move of God, the Bible says on this day, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Everybody say rushing mighty wind. What did it do? It filled. Anytime God moves, he feels. Void is now full. He's not gonna leave you empty. He said in Exodus chapter three, he said when you leave Egypt, which is symbolic to coming out of sin, he said you won't leave empty. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna fill you up. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to be empty, you can be filled up. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. You don't have to stand to receive the Holy Ghost, you can sit and get it. How many believe that? Brother Cole, Brother Cole, when he had Holy Ghost crusades and people were being filled, just like on the day of Pentecost here, they were being filled with the Holy Ghost. Very, very powerful. He would go in and, and because people develop traditions, you know, they think that you gotta stand and have your hand raised for a long time. 
yeah, you'd have people propping up your hands on each side because you can't get the Holy Ghost without your hand raised. Well, that's not in the Bible. I've seen people, seekers, seeking the Holy Ghost, seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, pray an hour, hour and a half, two hours, standing. Their knees are hurting, their legs are hurting, feet's hurting, hands hurting. They're seeking God. They want to be filled with the Holy Ghost just like day of Pentecost. Then, then later they get mad because they find out somebody got it where they were sitting, you know. Brother Cole would have crusades and he'd pull chairs out. Anybody want the Holy Ghost, he'd say. He'd set them in the chairs. He, he broke a paradigm of thinking the way people thought you could only get it a specific way. He'd set them down and people get so upset. I can't believe he's going to quench the spirit. They're not standing. You know, we create methods and traditions. Come on now. We really do. We really do. We can't do that and have a move of God. God's not bound to our tradition. He's not bound to our tradition. Well, I feel something right now. I told you to pray for hunger. We got to get so hungry, we become like Zacchaeus, who was shorter than everybody else, and he climbed the sycamore tree just to see him. We got to get hungry that we'll shatter tradition, shatter what we want so we can have a move of God. You know what we need in the church? We need a good old-fashioned baptism of passion, I thought of this. Uh, this has been on my mind. Amen. We don't have time for dead church. We don't have time for just methodical religiosity, go through the motions of Christianity and never have a touch of God, a move of God, or a miracle. Nobody's life has changed. We got to get like Hannah. When she looks over and there's other people having children, and she was so desperate for a baby that Hannah went before the Lord and she prayed and she sought God till she lost her voice. And, and she, was, she was praying. The Bible says her mouth was moving, but no sound was coming out. I've heard people say when she was whispering, I don't believe it. I believe she had prayed till there was nothing left. I really do. I believe she was so passionate. I want a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. She was praying and all of a sudden when the, when the priest come out and uh, his name was Eli, you have to realize the condition that Israel was in was not good. There was sin in the temple. The priesthood were committing sinful adultery and fornication and they were polluting the altars. It was a bad, it was a bad scenario. The priesthood and leadership and, and uh, people didn't have faith in the house of God anymore. It had been corrupt. But Eli, when he walked out there and saw this woman who traveled a pilgrimage, come from a long ways to be there as they would every year. And she's in the altar. She's in the temple. She's praying. What a baby. What a baby. What a baby. When he saw her, he thought she was drunk. If she was just whispering, he wouldn't have thought she was drunk. But I believe she was so passionate she didn't have anything left that, that he marked her mouth. Some commentators will say that he noticed her mouth. Others say that the word mark actually meant that he slapped her. Some commentators believe that in, in study. Theologians believe that he actually slapped her. Like, how dare you come to the house of God drunk? And... Uh, her response to him was, I just want a baby. I'm desperate. And I say this to you. It had been so long since he had seen a passionate prayer meeting that he thought she was drunk. God forbid that the church becomes so methodical and so routine and passionless that when someone gets passionate about their marriage wanting to be saved and their child to be saved and their city and the city to be saved, that we think there's something wrong with them because passion had been, passionate people had been so absent and there had been so much passionless going on that we couldn't recognize when we thought it was crazy when somebody would respond. I was at a church one time and I was at a church one time and, and the singing was going on. I heard a man say, amen. And when he did, the whole church turned around and looked at him as if he was out of line. 
Amen. I don't want the church to ever become just routine, just mark off the box. I went to church today. I hope he, hope he didn't preach as long as he did last Sunday because I've got to get the Cracker Barrel. We can't do that. This is going to be, I want my son to be saved. I want to pray that something happens. I'm desperate for a miracle. Passionate. Amen. I want to be a biblical church, not just a Western culture church. Not just an American culture church. The Bible says they were so desperate to see their friend get healed. They put him on a cot. They carried him. Four men carried him on a cot. When they got there, the house was filled with people. Jesus, this is in the Gospels. And when, when they got there, they couldn't even get in the house because the house was so full. Everybody listened to Jesus. They didn't quit and go home and say, well, it's too full. It's inconvenient. I'm going home. No, no. You know what they did? They tore the roof off. You imagine standing there in that house listening to the teaching of Jesus and all of a sudden, maybe that's why the water's dripping here. Somebody was trying to get in here last Sunday. I don't know. Start tearing the grass roof off of that house, whatever they were doing. And all of a sudden, they lower a man in a cot, interrupted the service. And Jesus said, take up thy bed and walk. And I come to tell you that that's what we need. We need an interruption of our church service that people are hungry hungry. Listen, if I was dying of cancer, I wouldn't want to go to a church that didn't have any passion. I would want to go to a church that had been praying for people that have cancer to be healed. I want to go to a church that people believe in miracles. I would want to go to a church where I could be healed. I believe with God anything is possible. Come on, open your hand and hold that dark earth out. What's in your life that seems so big, so 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 tragic, so chaotic, so empty? What is it in your life that is so dark here today? You know what you need? You need to hand that situation to God and let God breathe over your situation because he can bring order out of chaos. He can bring light out of darkness. How many know he's able, he's able, he's able? Amen. Somebody say, a move of God. Why is it you come to the anchor and people are crying? Why is it you looked in a service today and a young man, around 10 years old, got up and began to run around the aisles? I'm going to tell you why you saw that today. Because he's hungry, passionate worship, responding to the presence of God. I want you to, I want you to pray real quick. I want you to just reach your hands to the Lord. Say, God, I don't want to ever become... I don't want to be, ever become a non-responder. I, I don't want to ever not respond to your presence when you move among your people. Oh, God, help me, Lord, to facilitate a move of God. Help me facilitate, oh, God, when you're moving, that it would work in my own life, my own mind. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. It doesn't matter if you're watching online. God's not confined to a building. The Bible said praise him in the sanctuary and praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him in the building and you can feel him on the job. You can feel him in the living room. You can feel him, amen. I've had people to tell me that were watching online how God filled them with the spirit or God healed their body or a sensation come over them. My dad said one time, he, was, he went to the hospital to pray for somebody. He was a, a, a younger minister then and, and so proud of my parents. Just Wednesday night, they retired. They planted four churches that are going very powerful and we're so thankful for my mom and dad. 
They're such amazing people. I, I know, I know, um, uh, y'all know hearing him preach how funny he is, you know. He's got so many great stories. And, but uh, not all of his stories are funny, and you know how powerful his stories are when he's preaching. And, and uh, but he was telling me yesterday, he was telling Sarah and I, we went down to see with him and celebrate with him. And, and mom always cooks good, and that's, a, that's part of it, too. Uh, she, she fed me a meal, and I fell asleep. And uh, afterwards, I woke up, and I couldn't hardly get my eyes open. I said, Mom, did you put melatonin in that? She said, no, that's just comfort food, honey. That's just comfort food. And, uh, and anyhow, he was telling me a story yesterday. He said, I walked into the hospital one time, and he said, I, I saw a guy in there that I knew. He said, I went in, and, and I told him, I said, uh, what's going on? And he said, he said, would you mind if I pray for you? He had cancer and a very serious case, cancer. And he said, you mind if I pray for you? He said, well, you can if you want. His response was seemingly very, very casual. Well, it's up to you, you know, if you want to pray for me. My dad prayed for him, and uh, uh, it was some time, years later, that when this man who was battling cancer had showed up on the job, I think it was several years later, he looked and saw him on the job, and after working with him for some time, he said, I have to tell you what happened to me, uh, Frank. He said, I was, he said, you remember the day you came and prayed for me? He said, I do. And uh, my dad had always thought it was just very casual that didn't know the outcome of the prayer. How I many have ever wondered what was the outcome of your prayer? And uh, he says to him, he said, the day you prayed for me, when you prayed for me, he said, there was a sensation that came down the spot where I had cancer. He said, as a matter of fact, when they put me on the plane to fly me to the Cleveland Clinic, he said, he said, on that flight, the sunbeam came through that small wind of the plane and actually landed on the same spot, and I felt the same sensation on the side where I had cancer. He said, when I got there, the cancer was gone. It was gone. Amen. It was gone. Praise God. Because when God moves, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel him. I'll never forget Annalise. I just feel we need to respond because I feel him right now. I feel him in the building. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above. What do you need today? He's able to blow on your situation. He's able to breathe life. I want you to hold your situation. What is it your family's battling? The Bible says he breathed on them. The word spirit of God that moved. The word spirit actually means the breath of God. Everything, the Bible says, the spirit we have comes from the Lord. How many know that? And when God formed man from the dust of the ground and when he was laying there, he looked like a corpse laying there. When Adam was made, hands, lifeless lungs, heart, all the veins were there. He's laying lifeless there until he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. It was when he moved in breath into him that Adam became a living soul. It caused his lungs to begin to pump, his heart to begin to beat, the blood begin to flow when God moved through breath upon him. And I feel this so powerfully this morning in this church. I feel the unction of the Holy One upon me. You've got situations, it seems like it's dead. It seems like it's over. But if you would just let God move on the situation, he can bring life where there seems to be death. He can do it again. Now here's what I feel. 
whether I preach much longer or not, if you've got a chaotic situation, you've got a desperate situation, you need to respond to his presence. The only way to get a miracle is there's gotta be a response from you. You've gotta move in some manner. It might be a tear. It might be an amen. It might be something, but I want you to respond to what you feel right now. He can heal your situation. He can save your unsaved daughter right now. He can do it, but he needs you to move. He needs you to respond. Go ahead, let God heal that. Let God move on that. He's not done. It's not done until God gets to move in it. He's not done, it's not done until God breathes over my situation. I don't care how sick you are if you're watching right now. I want you to take that situation and give it to God. I don't care how long they've been battling addiction. Let God breathe over your family member right now. He can heal them right where they are. In the name of Jesus. Somebody respond. There's a tear flowing down your face right now because your own flesh is responding to its creator. God is in this building. God, you are able. You are able. Come on, call upon the name of the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. on. People are praying passionately. They're even praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. I want to I teach you something. I want to teach you something. Everybody say a move of God. Now listen, we can't be traditional. We've got to be biblical. Everything that we see in the church should be biblical. You hear people praying. Every now and then there's a groaning. The Bible says Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane with agony. Shouldn't be absent in the church in a prayer meeting to hear somebody pray in agony. <laughs> I'm not talking about just making sounds. I'm talking about the earnest of their spirit. I'd hope if I was lost, somebody would get a hold of God for me. Agony. Jesus said they'll speak with new tongues. That's what he said. Go to the day of Pentecost. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, let me, let me show you something about a move of God. You can sit, you can stand, it's up to you, you can remain in the altar. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2. Verse 3. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat up on each of them. And they were all filled. You can do drugs, but it won't fill you. Go to, to a, a, a fifth of liquor, you'll go to a pint of liquor. Following the fifth of liquor. Go from a case to two cases. A pack to two. Won't fill you. You can pour all of it in there. Somehow it won't satisfy it. It's empty. Part empty. The only thing that can satisfy you is the God that created you. 
And he reserved a place inside of you that's only for him. It's the void. And when you come to him, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, the same thing is when he breathes into your life. And what's been missing, there's a lot of Christians that aren't satisfied because they don't know this biblical truth. They have faith, but they've never been filled with the Spirit like they were on the day of Pentecost. They say, I believe in God. I, I trust God. It's like Apollos in Acts 18. The Bible says they expounded unto him the word of the Lord more perfectly and showed him more truth that he didn't know from John the Baptist's teaching. Then filling the Holy Ghost is such a powerful experience. It's a move of God. Watch what happens. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2. Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Or what? The ability to speak. Somebody in church speaking English. All of a sudden they pray in a language they don't understand. That's a move of God. Everybody say a move of God. That's them responding to God breathing over them. Happened to me when I was eight years old. Watch this scripture in 2 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 21. Look at this. This is how your Bible was written. Everybody say the word of God. How many ever wondered how it was written? I'm going I'm to teach you here today. Watch what it says. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved. See that? By the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit or holy breath of God. That's what it means. And when God breathed over a man, he began to record what the Spirit told him to say. And that's why the Word of God is not the Word of man. It came through man, spoken by man, but was not of man. It's of God. How do you know it's true? I was talking to Sarah yesterday about when I was 16, I began to question things. I told him, I said, when I was 16, I began to wonder, am I in truth or is there more? There's nothing wrong with that question. I, this was my greatest question. Do I love God or am I doing this because my parents do it? Everybody comes to that place. When I was up in New Hampshire area, uh, Massachusetts, Rhode Island area, God began to reveal to me why there are so many atheists in that area. And here's why. Because they went to churches hearing about God and never saw any life experiences of God today. They heard about Him and there was never a move of God in their churches. My grandmother tells me, to, she told me before she died, she would tell me, she said, I remember when they shut a move of God down in the church and said, we need to be more reserved. She said, when I was young, she said, I pick up bobby pins off the floor and that, and that, church in that denomination she said we had a move of the spirit the church was filled with people and young people people were holy and righteous and loved God she said but when they changed that said we're going to be reserved we, we don't want that in the church she said sin broke out in the church young people left until there's hardly anybody there because the only thing that makes faith valid is an experience with the one you believe in the thing that keeps us alive is the breath of God and the Lord revealed to me, honey. He said, the reason there's so many atheists in this area because they've never seen or experienced a move of the Spirit. I was 11 years old. My dad was preaching a revival. Are you okay? I feel the move of the Spirit here today. I don't preach like this because I think it looks good. I feel like I'm on fire. 
I feel the anointing. He is moving on me when I'm preaching. That's why I feel the way I do. Hallelujah. I was 11 years old. Ethan, my dad was preaching revival. While he's preaching, there's a person over here doing sign language to the deaf community that's in the church. I was sitting on this side of the church and I was watching above the, watching above the pews. I'd never seen it before. First time I remember sign language. And when my dad preached with passion, I loved to watch him preach because especially when he'd take his notes and the move of the Spirit to come in the building. Aren't you glad to be a part of a uh, Spirit-filled church? Amen. And just wind blows and we follow that wind. My dad would grab his notes and he'd throw them like that. He said, I know I've got notes, but I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. Well, he'd preach and miracles would happen and deaf people would be healed and it was so powerful. And as a kid growing up in church, that's what made me a believer, Brother Sawyer was I saw God of the New Testament operate in my life now. And that's how I knew what was written in the Scripture was real because He said if you praise Him, He comes. He inhabits the praises of His people. And I knew that when we would just let go and praise Him the way they would in the Bible, you could feel the glory of God comes in there. I had people to tell me, they said, I've been in a lot of churches, but I never felt a move of the Spirit like I feel it here. I believe it's because we worship God and we believe the Scripture. We believe God can do now what he did in the book of Acts and in the Gospels. I just believe he can. And my dad was preaching and the deaf community is over here sitting in their seats and uh, he, he gives the altar call and I'll never forget, a man had a ponytail. He was about 35 years old. He got out of his seat and he come to this side of the church and was repenting. And he had never spoke a word or heard a word in his life. He was mute and he was also dumb. Never heard a word, never spoke a word. And he... He began to pray with his hands and tears are running at his face. And I could see him repenting and I could see, you know, you can see the expression of a person's face when God's changing their life. When they're so sincere, he was so sincere. Tears are running at his face. When he got finished, I'll never forget, he, was, he told the interpreter, he said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's sign language for Jesus. I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. And when he did, they got the pastor and they got him baptized. The baptismal was in this area of the church like ours used to be. And I'll never forget when that man that was deaf and dumb, when he come up out of the water, just like when Jesus came out of the water, what happened? The Spirit of the Lord descended upon him like a dove and a voice spoke from heaven. See, anytime there's a move of the Spirit, there's always going to be a speaking of God. The Spirit of the Lord moved and God said. A move of the Spirit will always be followed with the word because it's his word that always brings order out of chaos. Brings light to every darkness. Are y'all hearing me? I, I've come to teach you about a move of God today and if you embrace this, I'm telling you, he's gonna do miracles. You're gonna see supernatural miracles in your life. Watch this. Jesus shows up in the, in, in the blind man's life and he said, go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. His, his, his presence was followed by direction. Go wash in the pool of Siloam and he was healed. He went to the pool of Siloam and guess what? He obeyed the word and was healed. In this service, this man who believed when he came up out of the water, I heard it with my own ears, Brother Turner. When he came out of the water, he was speaking in other tongues. Absolutely was. I heard it with my own ears. And I said, this is real. I'd already experienced it, but I said, this is real. Praise God. I've looked down and watched small children begin to pray in a language they didn't understand. 
I'll never forget about the young lady that was a Bible quizzer. She was 15 years old. I think it was the state of Louisiana that she was in. And she had her Muslim friend from the Middle East that was there with her. And uh, she was a foreign exchange student. She had come to that Bible quiz event. And afterwards they had a prayer meeting and God moved. You understand what I'm talking about now? Everybody say, God moved. And when God moved in that small circle of prayer, when God moved, they responded, and she did just like they did in Acts chapter 2. For speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, which means the ability to speak. He won't make you. He just gives you the ability to do it. She started speaking in other tongues. She didn't know what she was saying. And while she was speaking in other tongues, watch, it's so powerful. When she got finished, she's crying. You know what a move of God. You know what the presence of God will do. Like Brother James, hard to give announcements when God's moving. It's hard to quit preaching when God's moving. Amen. She starts speaking in other tongues, and her friend that was a Muslim from the Middle East stops and looks at her when she's done praying and just staring at her. She looks at her friend staring at her, and she knows she's not a, she's not a believer. And she says to her, uh, the foreign exchange student said to her, she said, how did you do that? And she said, oh, that's what we call the Holy Ghost. We begin to speak and, and, uh, and speak in tongues. We call it speaking in tongues because the Bible says speaking in tongues. She said, oh, no, 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 no. You were speaking in the language from the country I was from. And she says, because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, go read it later, because there's the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation, but then there's praying in the Spirit, which is this that doesn't have to be interpreted. It just... It, it, it has its purpose. But watch this. Read in 1 Corinthians 14. The Bible says when you pray, your understanding is unfruitful. Paul taught that when you pray in tongues, that your spirit makes intercessory for your soul. And when that girl said, how did you do that? She said, you know, it's Holy Ghost and I told you. She said, well, what was I saying? She said, you were saying Jesus is the only God. She was preaching to a Muslim obeying the Holy Ghost. That's a move of the Spirit. That's a move of the Spirit. Back in the early 1900s when the Holy Ghost would fall, they would have entire Spirit-filled choirs that would be led of the Lord. Amen. Very, very powerful. One boy got up in church, study it, go read it for yourself. This, don't take my word for it. I mean, I'd like you to trust me enough but do that. Begin the Bible. I'm preaching Bible here today. But the, the, the Bible says you pray in the Spirit and you also sing in the Spirit. You sing in the spirit. And this boy got up in church one time and he was started singing. I have sang in tongues before. It's one of the most powerful experiences. I've been by myself, most cases. And uh, he started singing in the spirit. After church, there were people there that were from Israel. And they came to the pastor and said, who is the Hebrew boy? And the audience that was singing, oh, they said, there's no Hebrew boy here. And they said, oh no, he sang one of our Jewish songs from the synagogues in Israel. Because the Corinthians says that when the believer starts speaking in tongues, it will be a sign to the unbeliever that this is God. We need that. We need a move of God where people are healed. Mason, Mason, I want you to kneel down. I'm, I'm trying to quit, but I just feel this. Everybody say a move of God. I'm talking about present day miracles. In the book of Acts, there was a man saying, alms, alms. Would you say that? Alms. Alms meant, I need, it was a beggar. Saying, I need you to help me. I'm crippled. I can't work a job. I'm dependent on you. And Simon Peter stepped out of a prayer meeting 
and came out and he's begging for alms. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says immediately his ankle bones received strength. Come here. You know what he started doing? The Bible says he leaped, leap, and then he would walk through the temple. Leap and walk through the temple. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That's biblical. Why not see it in 2022 again? He's able to heal you. He's able to feel you. He's able to give you direction. I'm a modern day miracle. I was crippled. But on a Wednesday night, my mother had them to anoint me in the name of the Lord. And when they said in the name of Jesus, God healed my crippled feet that had already been diagnosed. Braces have already been ordered by the doctor, but I never had to wear them because the great physician moved in that service and healed my body. Amen. What is it you need God to do? He can breathe on your children. He can breathe over your womb. And you can have that baby. You can see that miracle. Somebody shout a move of God. Woo! I could tell, honey, you know this. I could tell stories from now until 6 p.m. of what I've seen God do. You know what's gonna make these young people know He's real? They've got to have their own personal experience. And it's gonna fall upon each of them. Let's all stand. And I want us to open our spirit to the Lord right now. God, I pray for every believer, every believer in this room that has believed what I've preached, that God, you would resonate in their spirit. I want everybody in the room to begin to say, Jesus, I believe. Come on, I want you to pray that, Jesus. I believe that you can move upon my situation, that you can move upon my mind, you can move upon my heart, you can move upon my life. In the name of the Lord, we want to move of God. We want to move of God. We need you among us. We can't just talk about you. We want you to come to us. We want you to be in this room, in our homes and in our lives. We want you to move among us. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.